Welcome to today's episode, which will likely deal with some dark topics and sometimes sweary words, so listener discretion is always advised. For ad-free and bonus episodes, click in the link in the show notes for exclusive content. You can support the show at buymeacoffee.com or by giving me a rate, writing a review, or subscribing to future episodes. And with all my marketing blah 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 out of the way, on with the show. Hello, and welcome to A Million Other Choices. I'm your host, Kim. Today's episode is like no other that I have done before, and it actually doesn't fit into the true crime genre. No one has been murdered, no one's been beaten, raped, molested, set on fire, or dragged by her hair and slammed into any walls. And as a disclaimer, this story is actually just now playing out. Um, It's sort of happening as we speak. So we currently only have one side of the story, and it, it all came to light based on some videos that were released and went viral. So there is a bit of grain of salting that we have to do with regards to the story itself. However, when I first heard about it about a week ago, it was a huge trigger for me, and it set my heart on a bit of a wildfire. I myself was once terrified of a man in my own life. He had never threatened me with violence. He never beat me or pulled a weapon on me. But the words that he used created an environment of being completely trapped. And then when I finally did try to extract myself from that environment, the attempts to discredit me, to smear my name and character and the false allegations started. I'm going to give you a trigger warning here of medically assisted suicide. So if you do struggle with suicidal ideation, perhaps today's episode is not for you. I am sharing today's story to bring awareness of an issue that is happening. It is playing out currently all over the world right now. And I want people to see and to understand what verbal abuse and coercive control actually looks like and what it does to a person's spirit, their life, and the impact on the children of it. Uh, And I want people to understand that this kind of abuse is extremely dangerous. You know, I understand that someone who beats their spouse and leaves bruises and fractured ribs, that is very scary. It is very dangerous. Um, That person can eventually kill you. But a person, be it a man or a woman, that uses words and allegations to destroy another person can also eventually turn violent and kill. And if we can start to recognize that and the signs and symptoms of that kind of abuse instead of turning a blind eye to it, then maybe we can start to intervene and help prevent murder-suicides, familicides, and the like. A person that sees the custody of children in divorce as something that you can win or lose is very dangerous. This is the disturbing story of the Kasanoff family. There isn't a lot of information about Catherine Kasanoff's early life, but I'm pretty sure she could have been any of us. Whether she had a good childhood or a bad, if they, she came from money or had money or she didn't come from money. 
Catherine was a lawyer and she'd been the VP and senior counsel at Citigroup Inc. She married Alan Kasanoff in November of 2006 and Alan was a trial lawyer mostly patents and intellectual property. He had originally studied chemical engineering as an undergraduate, but then he went to the University of Pennsylvania to get his law degree, and he graduated in 1998. The couple had three daughters together, and I don't really know how the marriage went, but I mean, they liked each other enough to have three babies together. Unfortunately, Catherine was diagnosed with cancer in 2008, and I believe it was breast cancer. Now, she stopped working. Now, some reports say that it was to raise her children, um, that that's why she stopped working, but it could have also been due to that cancer diagnosis. Either way, she was the children's primary caregiver for their formulative years. But things between them started to fall apart in around 2016. And that's when Catherine claims that Alan, um, who had always been prone to rather childish temper tantrums and verbal assaults, turned physical and had attacked her at that point. Um, but she was yet again diagnosed with cancer uh, for the second time. So she had to remain living with Alan for a bit more um, and was at times bedridden. Then in 2019, divorce proceedings were finally filed by Alan. And if cancer wasn't enough of a challenge for Catherine to overcome twice, then her divorce would be her Mount Everest. Now, divorcing a lawyer when you are also a lawyer should be easy. Messy, but easy. But when you haven't worked as a lawyer for a number of years and are mostly bedridden with cancer, it can be a bit challenging. And one of the things that courts do when there's a custody fight which in this case there was, is order a custody evaluation. That's where a psychologist visits both parents, interviews them, does some testing, and observes them. In most cases, whatever the custody evaluator says is in the best interest of the children, that's what's going to happen when it comes to primary custody and day-to-day -day care of minor children. They are supposed to be impartial and working for the children, essentially. But these reports and these evaluations cost cost money, like a lot of money. Um, and some of the times the person that pays the bill is the one that gets the recommendation for custody. And in this case, one Judge Louis Lubell appointed his friend Mark Abrams, who in fact, Judge Lubell actually officiated Mark's wedding. And Mark was paid $32,000 for his report and $400 an hour to testify at the divorce proceedings against Catherine. And his report was rather scathing towards Catherine, saying that she had an unspecified personality disorder that could be paranoid personality disorder, schizoid personality disorder, schizotypical personality disorder, antisocial personality disorder, borderline personality disorder, histronic personality disorder, narcissistic personality disorder, avoidant personality disorder, dependent personality disorder, or obsessive compulsive personality disorder. Now, he wasn't sure which ones that she had, just that he was pretty sure that she had one of them. Now, as a result of his report, which was done on March 25th, 2020, he recommended that Alan should have full custody because Catherine had alienated the children from him, which was, according to Alan, what was happening. Further, that the kids and Alan should remain in the home and Catherine was to move out immediately. Now, remember, she had cancer at this point, uh, and if she was going to have any contact with her children, it needed to be supervised. And it should be supervised by his office at a cost to Catherine of about $1,000 a week. In the court decision, it reads... 
The mother's manipulative conduct demonstrates a deliberate placement of her self-interest above the interest of others. The evidence of false allegations of abuse against the father, i.e. the March Zoom visit, and the purposeful actions to alienate the children from him is so inconsistent with the best interests of the children that it raises by itself a strong probability that the offending party is unfit to act as a custodial parent. There was no evidence presented that the father manipulated the children into making any false claims against their mother. Two days after the report, on March 27th of 2020, Judge Lubell ordered Catherine removed from her home. Now, there was no hearing about that at all. He just ordered that. Now, if you remember March 27th, 2020, that was right smack in the midst of the beginning of the COVID lockdowns. So she was essentially homeless and no longer had access to her children. At that same time, Alan was still bringing in about a million dollars a year in salary. So during this horrible time for her, remember she had cancer, she lived out of her car for a bit in Larchmont, which is a village that measures one mile by one mile in Los Angeles. She finally got enough scrap scraped together to rent an apartment in that village, which is also where her family, her former family home was and her children. Judge Lubell, he issued a restraining order forcing her to stay more than one mile away from her children. So she had to move again and wasn't allowed to be in the same town that her children lived in. And around this same time, she was given the very bad news that her cancer was now terminal. And after battling both cancer and the family court system, Catherine, in a no-win situation, relocated temporarily to Switzerland. And on May 27, 2023, put a post on Facebook and then uploaded a series of videos court documents, and letters to some of her supporters on Dropbox. I'm going to read you her post in its entirety and then play some of the audio from the videos that she sent over Facebook um, that were sent in that Dropbox, and you'll have to fill in your imagination with the visual parts. I want the audio to play out this episode, so I'm going to give you the epilogue of the star story as we know it so far before I read her post. So this is from Alan's Alan Kasanoff's law firm where he currently works. It was posted on May 30th, I believe, from Greenberg Traurig LLP. Alan Kasanoff has been involved in a divorce and custody matter that has been going on for more than four years. After lengthy trials and reviewing all the facts, including some videos, none of the four judges who presided over the trials or the two court-appointed neutral forensic evaluators found him to have committed wrongdoing or abuse as to his children or the contended domestic violence, and instead awarded him sole legal and physical custody of their three children. Nevertheless, the firm will be conducting its own investigation to determine his status with the firm. In the meantime, he was taking a voluntary leave of absence to focus on his family. At the time of this recording, the children are residing with Alan and he does retain full custody. In a few of Catherine's Facebook posts, she refers to the George Washington University law professor named Joan Meyer. Joan headed a study in 2020 about women who report domestic violence or child abuse in custody hearings. And her study found that only 41% of women's abuse claims were actually treated seriously. And the chances that a mother's allegations of child abuse will be believed are about 223 times lower than domestic abuse. Child sexual abuse is rarely accepted by the courts at only 15% of the time. And mothers that reported abuse by a father of any kind lost custody in 26% of those cases. 
I am only playing a few tidbits of the videos here, but for all 18 videos in their full length with descriptions and context, I'm going to put a link in the show notes from a website called frankreport.com. Okay, so on May 27th of 2023, so this is just a couple of weeks ago, Catherine posted, Dear friends, family, and supporters, it is with profound heartbreak that I hope none of you ever experience that I am writing my last post ever. Today, I will be ending my own life. I will be doing so in a dignified and idyllic setting in Europe. There are simply no other options left. In the last four years of my life, I have woken up every day to a nightmare like no other. I can no longer endure the abuse and terror of Alan Kasanoff, who has spent the last four years mercilessly trying to incarcerate me on false charges, as recently as March 2023. I have also endured the emotional devastation of being without my children for so long, homeless from Alan's repeated ex parte evictions of me from the homes I own and rented, deprivation of my property and obliteration of my life savings, the loss of my two dogs, the loss of my career and reputation, and the concomitant humiliation and ostracism from all of this. Perhaps if I had the physical endurance to keep going, I would. But with a new terminal health issue that will soon be severely limiting my physical strength, as well, and with no protection from our courts, I cannot keep running from Alan. I was recently diagnosed with a virulent and life-ending cancer. After having had breast cancer twice in my life already, I cannot go through debilitating chemo, surgeries, and radiation again, this time with a dire prognosis and with Alan fighting me until he dies, and no court intervention whatsoever. These were his exact words to me in an email he sent on March 19th. 2023. So please understand why I did not share this news widely. If Alan had known about my health issues, he surely would have tried that much harder to end my existence. As you may know, on January 26, 2022, I was falsely arrested on serial reports made by Alan Kasanoff in October of 2021, December 2021, and then on January 25, 2022. After I proclaimed my innocence and fought these allegations, I won. On March 16, 2022, all his bogus charges were dropped and his bogus ex parte orders for protection were vacated. His claims for contempt seeking my incarceration were also dismissed with prejudice. But history has shown that Alan will never stop until I am gone. As recently of Mar as March 18, 2023, Alan again tried to have me arrested. On that day, while I was watching our nine-year-old daughter skate, he got off the ice and came at me. I told him to get away from me four times. He wouldn't. He taunted me instead. He then reported me to the police, claiming falsely that he had a restraining order, which he didn't. And when I had every right to see my daughter skate, I captured his confrontation of me on video, which I am posting in Dropbox, along with the 911 call and the police report in which he falsely told police I was capable of killing him or my own children. Based on the false 911 calls he initiated, police officers came to the rink. Alan stood in the background with our daughter, laughing and pointing at me while I was being questioned, waiting with her to see if I would be taken away in handcuffs. See the photo. Fortunately, I wasn't arrested. The police realized he was lying, but this is how I have been living for years, like a hunted animal, worried about when Alan will make the next false report. He sees all of this as a game, and the courts have not stopped him. 
they too are even scared of him, or maybe they just don't care. Well, they handed out ex parte TOPs against me like candy on his say-say. They would not even enter a TOP against him after two days of testimony from police and the rink manager that he lied in order to procure my false arrest again. For a long time, I believed I could make my children's lives better by fighting to stay in them, even if it was for just moments at a time. As time went on, the in-between of those moments became interminable, unbearable. I would long for the girls and try to think of all the things that they might need, even though I was held at such a distance that I did not even know what those things might be. I imagined who their friends were, where they went, who they spent time with, what their dreams were. I had nothing more than my own imagination to work with because for the last three years, I was excised from being their mother. I could not tuck them into bed at night, take them to school, host their sleepovers, make their breakfasts, or take them on vacations. Alan wouldn't allow any of that. The court gave him everything he wanted. I often shook from the pain of it. In recent weeks, I came to realize that my presence in their lives only brings them pain and suffering. That is because they must answer to a father who does not view me as human. He erased every element of their being that had anything to do with me. French, Christianity, tennis, etc. They have learned to identify with him in order to survive. So they now declare how they hate Christmas. They call me Catherine instead of mum. For him, in the end, they must reject me. For him, I can see the pain on their little faces when they have to manage the unspeakable conflict that only my oldest seems strong enough to manage and fight through and see me. It is a look that has haunted me for a long time. I don't want to see it anymore. I just want their and my pain to end. Their father has spent years and millions of dollars, over $3 million, to eliminate me from our girls' lives. He has liquidated savings to do so. He will never relent. He will spend their life savings. He will demonize me to them mercilessly, and he has made them suffer if, if they even just want to see me. They have been diagnosed with depression and worse. As long as I am alive, I want to see them. They will be damaged over and over again with every attempt I make. What is the point of that? The last thing I want to do is make my own children suffer. Even in death, Alan Kasanoff will never stop. After I am gone, he will falsely tell everyone that I am mentally ill, that I am a criminal and a liar, but I am none of these things and I have proven it. I don't have a criminal past. I am a former federal prosecutor and special counsel to the governor of New York. I showed the undeniable abuse he perpetrated on numerous videos showing I did not lie about that, and I have the testimony and reports of various doctors to prove my mental health. See the link. Indeed, under Swiss law, a person wishing to end their life can only do so after meeting a very high bar and being found competent, not suffering from mental impairments. The Swiss doctor and my therapist, Dr. Anna Filova, MD, and Dr. Stephanie Brandt, MD, confirmed this. See the Dropbox link. Alan's need to convince others otherwise comes from his shame about the truth, that he was a domestic abuser. By trying to cast me in these negative ways, he thinks he can clear his name. He cannot. The videos, audios, and other materials will follow him forever. You will find police testimony about his abuse, medical records of his abuse, affidavits about his abuse, see more in the link. Shame on Greenberg Traurig, who knew all of this, and did nothing to stand up for the rights of domestic abuse survivors like me and my daughters.
My girls deserve so much better than the life they were given by their father in the court system that was supposed to and miserably failed to protect them and me. The court system favors the moneyed party, and if that party happens to be an angry litigator, God help the other parent. I was a good and loving mom who sacrificed my own career trajectory to have children whom I finally conceived after many years of fertility treatments. I did not abuse alcohol, children, or drugs. I never had so much as a brush with the law until Alan tried to have me arrested. I put my kids before everything in life. I did not lose my entire life to a fair and just process. I exposed both a corrupt forensic evaluator named Mark Abrams and a corrupt attorney for their child for the children, Carol, most both of whom were removed in disgrace from my case. But the system did not fix what it broke after that came to light. It turned my custody battle into a money making churn. Alan filed this divorce action in May 2019. Until just recently, there is still was no final trial scheduled in this case. What a complete disgrace. To use the misery of a family so that the various court personnel involved can get rich. Dr. Adler, whose psych somehow qualified her to charge $600 an hour to reprogram the girls. Dr. McGuffock, who charged $450 an hour so that the father could sit in on my daughter's sessions and who told my daughter she had to pick between me or your mom. Dr. Abrams, who made over $40,000 to testify for the father and was removed from the panel of forensic custody evaluators in disgrace, and Carol Most, who just billed a staggering $270,000 after being removed from the case for gross ethical misconduct. I hope in death I will accomplish what I could not in life. I hope our legislators, judges, media, and others will take notice of the price I am paying today, the horrors of family court, and how the court destroys family in order to profit. I hope the public will stand up and say no more. Your children deserve better. So did mine. My primary contact is Wayne Baker, federallitigator at gmail.com, should you have anything to share with him and who has all my documents from the divorce case, etc. Please don't let my demise be in vain. Reach out to him to organize yourselves. Use the facts of my case, which Wayne also has access to, and make change. Don't let our children grow up to re-experience this trauma as adults. All of my materials in support of what I write above are available at this link, which I urge you to share everywhere before Alan finds a way to shut down this Facebook page. Please don't let the world or my children forget the real Alan who is on dozens of videos I have posted here on Facebook. Please preserve them for my children when they are ready to remember and learn the truth about him. Please stand up against abusers like this who enjoy tormenting others. For the sake of my children and other mothers who live through this terror of domestic abuse, I ask you please keep telling my story so that the truth is known far and wide. Finally, a special thank you to those in my life who have always put my children first and who supported me unfailingly. My mother, Jennifer Cooley, Carrie Christ, Stephanie Brandt, Jonathan Davidoff, Wayne Baker, Catherine Klein, Catherine Sizenbaugh, Liz Curtin, Lizzie Harding, Brian McQuillan, Rory Doyle, and my wonderful lawyers, Andy Frisch and Evan Wiederker. Catherine Yusinov Kasanov. I will be right back after these brief messages. 
Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Rest peacefully, Catherine. Now, again, I'm going to say that all of that is Catherine's version of events. Uh, we have not had a statement from Alan yet, and no formal investigation has been done. Uh, these videos were posted with the context that Catherine provided herself, which, of course, likely don't show the full context of the events. However, I'm going to play the audio from the recordings that Catherine made during the final years of her marriage to Alan, and I'm going to let you decide if they could have been taken out of context or made to sound worse than they are. Where is that spoiled kid? She's not going with Open you. the gun. No. Shut up, Allie! Get over there, Allie! No! It's not any of your business! Get over there! Allie, let me in! Get out, Charlie! Go, Charlie! and Judge What is wrong with you? You're not involved in this! I don't care! She's my sister! Oh my god, you guys are just mentally deranged with people. Allie, can we jump on your bed? That's my shirt! You need to take your daughter to school. I'm not taking her. She needs to get to He's school, and if you don't go to school, I'm going to write a letter. I cannot get her to school. I'm lying in bed. I'm post-surgery. There's something wrong with her where she won't get up. There's something wrong with her. 
Shirley, if I have to keep She's it, in the I'll room. take away. Shirley, My children are in the away. room as you say away. these things. I'm going to take away the next thing from you. Let me go figure out what it is. Ah. I'm, I'm hiding them so no one's taking them to give them back to You're you. scaring her. Charlie, can you please try to get out of the bed? I don't want to go with I that understand. crazy guy! I am not ever going with him. I can't take you to school, Charlotte. I know, but I really just give him because I'm never going with him. I don't want to. I can't take you, honey. Well, I don't want to go with him. Adam, that's my legs. Sorry. I took away your piggy bank. Next thing I'm going to do is call Grandma and Grandpa and tell them not to give you birthday presents for the next year. It's too late for this year because oh I gave you something. Next year, you will not get a birthday present from Grandma and Grandpa. I'm going to wait in my room, and if anyone wants to get you ready for You work, need school, to be nice and take her to school. I'm not taking her. I told you that. Why does he need to take them? I hate you, and I'll be filing for divorce as soon as I possibly can. I'm not coming home this weekend. I'm going to be away. I will come back Sunday to get my stuff for next week. We have to discuss the problems on Monday. Shut you said you would be here to help me. You said you'd be here to help me with the kids. Hey, Allie, what was that song Daddy just sang about Mommy? Sing um, it. Sing the song he just sang. He was singing, We Wish Mommy Was a Dead Duck. Yeah, sing it. We Wish Mommy Was a Dead Duck. Hey, Charlotte. Keep we going. Wish I never saw her. What? Lying now. Y yes, you call me? What? What? Nothing! You're gonna clean this all up today. Perfectly. If it's not perfect, I will dump it again. Do you understand? Yes. And you do not have four hours to do it. You will have 40 minutes. I can clean this up in 10. Do you understand me? What did you say? Something bad's gonna happen to me, Catherine? What are you reporting me for your lies? Yes. Guys, you know what she said? She told me this. This thing told me. I'm so done with you, Joey, moron. I'm taking Joey to skating. You don't know how to like lace her skates. They always complain. I'm nobody complains. Complain. Can you put on pants? It's disgusting. Nobody put. Can you put on pants? I'm not disgusting. I'm walking in my house. Are you taking Charlie to soccer? Yes or no? Yes or Can no? Can you please put on pants? I find it disgusting when you walk around in your underwear. Alan, this is my home, okay, and I'm getting changed as fast as I can. I'll post it on YouTube. You'll do what? You're going to post me on YouTube? If you think this is appropriate for... I'm not your husband. I have no relationship You're not my you. husband? No, we, we're getting Who a divorce. Who are you? I'm, I live in a separate room as you. Every time I go in there to help JoJo change, you start flipping out. I'm changing, I'm changing! So I'd appreciate it if you could put on clothing. I'm not sure what the problem is. I'm standing here in my pajamas. No, you're wearing underpants. I'm not sure what the problem is. You're gonna post me on YouTube? Maybe. I'm gonna send this one over. I have violin practice to do with Charlotte. I don't care, you fat loser. What'd you call me? A fat loser. One more time. A okay. fat, old loser who I hate. Say it again. Keep going.
Shut nice up. To Just be nice to Shut them. up. They won't go with you like this. Then they're not going to school. You need to calm down. Shut up! You, you can't talk like this to Shut them. Shut up! I can't leave them here with Shut you. Up! You're in big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Say big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in store and on Menards.com. Save 